listening to the Lounge J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. Continuing our, our our series of, of bringing in guests to enhance the Lance Day Radio Network, we've had a lot of people come in for healthcare for the HealthCast. I've talked about the the, the G Wagon Mobile Tour, which is which is forthcoming. We we're, we're doing Rise National here in Nashville in a couple of weeks. I'm very excited about that. Shout out to our sponsor Episource for sponsoring that event. We're going to be all over all over the city. But I wanted to start bringing in some people to discuss education because we really haven't had a lot of education leaders come on the show and I'm very fortunate uh, my cousin is is a phenomenal educator uh, Joel doctor excuse me Dr. Joel Boyce he owns a company called uh, JCB Ed Pro he is a vice principal at Towers High School in Decatur Georgia and, and Joel has been one of my running partners and boys man it's been since like 83, 82, like it's been a long, long time yeah. that I've been really good friends with Joel. We got a lot of stories on each other over the years and, and have had a lot of laughs. So it's, it's really it's really an honor to, to have my family in here and not just to have my family on the show, but to have my family come on the show to talk about how the Lord has blessed him and, and how he's matriculated. And, and he's going to talk about higher education. He's going to talk about proper usage of the king's english um he's going to talk about a, a myriad of, of things that he's learned over the years and, and talk about leadership and education so great to have you on the show joel what's what's going on my man man i appreciate it man it's, just, it's, it's a lovely city the setup here is beautiful um this is my first it's my second time really coming to nashville like okay. this so um getting able to see the city and seeing how your setup is i really appreciate you having me on your show bro oh uh, man it's 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 an honor man um Tell us about, I just, I want to get into it because we have a lot to unpack. Joel's going to hang out with us for a couple of days. We have a lot to unpack, but I wanted to start. What is, what is life in the day? Because we've, we found out during COVID that the school systems are so important yeah. to, to households. So we found out that teachers and, and, and administrators, they not only make sure that your kids are, are scoring at or above grade level or, or hopefully in some inner cities, hopefully not more than one year behind grade level. They're not just preparing uh, young people to go to college or, or go to trade school or to, to do things with their life. They're, they're not just inspiring, dealing with personal stuff. People that have come from homes where they've been uh, abused physically, sexually, yeah. um, emotionally. They're doing all of that. But we didn't know that teachers are kind of like the lifeline. Like it's, if, if, if there are no teachers and school is out because of COVID, your kids are at home running amok and it's like Lord of the Flies. And we found that out. So I think there's a the, the reason I wanted to have you on the show, Joel, there's a newfound respect and appreciation for teachers beyond just what their occupation is and actually stimulating learning and test scores. It's just like, hey, if my kids, my kids only chance of getting two squares a day is if they go and eat at the cafeteria. So we're really respecting education more. I think teachers have more leverage 
and more power than they've ever had. And what is what is typical life in a day for a vice principal, someone who who is a is a leader, someone that has obviously gone up through the ranks of teaching and in administration? What what is a typical day for you? Well, um, and because I'm in a high school, we open up at seven thirty in the morning. The doors open. And I am the first person that they see when they get off that bus. Okay. And so we set the tone for them uh, for their day. You can you can realize if they had a rough night, you can see if they didn't eat, you can see if somebody's wearing the same thing. Mm. Even though we wear uniforms, you can tell if it's the same clothes from the day before. You can see if somebody might be um, in line having a bad day. And so mm. you're able to kind of set the tone for them. You're like clockwork. They expect to see you every morning. Um, and if you're not there, they'll tell you, hey, where were you this morning? Wow. And so I love to be able to greet all 800 students that we have that come into the building every day. Um, we are their parents away from home. And you mentioned that earlier, that whole Latin term in local parentheses, we are their parents away from home. We have them longer than their parents have them. True. Eight hours a day, we clothe them, we educate them, we mentor them, we grow them, um, and then we give them back to the parents having done all the hard work. The parents just have to feed them and make sure they go to bed on time, and then we do it all over again uh, the next morning. So it's a it's a really important job, and for those who are honored to be able to be educators, uh, we know how important our work is. How did you now? How did you get into to that field? I, I went to college with you to went to the Oakwood University, and you were studying that field, but I didn't know that you were going to go into being a principal. I always thought that you would actually end up teaching in college. I thought that you would be a college professor. How did you get into the carousel of, of being, were you ever in elementary ed or have you always been on the high school side? No, like I was walk, never. Us, walk us through your career. So I was never elementary ed. I came out as an English major. Right. Um, so I spent you know, three and a half years at Oakland University. Um, I taught for a semester in Maryland in high school. I taught uh, 10th and 11th grade. Came back to man, the I forgot you was in Baltimore. I was, man, I remember I was. coming up to your Shout band. To that's a, that's a, uh, um, and then I came back to the University you paid, of Alabama. You paid, you paid the dues. I paid my dues, man. Parkville High School. Shout out to them. Yeah, um, they gave me my first start, so I'm always gonna have love for them. Came back to University of Alabama Huntsville. Did my master's in English, and I, that's where I got my educational classes, right. my certification in Alabama to teach. I never taught in Alabama though. As soon as I graduated, um, I moved to Atlanta. Right. And I got my got the first job I interviewed. It was a mid year. Uh, I replaced somebody who had quit. Right. And so I came in, I was teaching seventh grade uh, reading, and I was working middle school. Right. So I worked there three years, and I moved up the ranks to become a, a literacy coach. Okay. Spent about four years doing that. Then I became a district instructional facilitator, which gave me reach into the high schools, and I also served middle school as well. So I got a chance to see things at a different sphere, at a, diff at a district level. I got to do a lot of curriculum writing at that level, a lot of coaching, mm -hmm. a lot of mentoring teachers, and I was able to parlay that experience at a district level to become a middle school assistant principal for okay. six years. Um, Columbia Middle School in Decatur, Georgia, shout out to them. Great experience there. And I've been in three years just down the road in Decatur at Towers High School as a high school so assistant principal. So the same principal. kids? Uh, not this, it's not the feeder school, but they okay. share neighborhoods. Okay. And so um, I'm, I'm the assistant So principal. some of the same kids that MF'd you in middle school were MF'ing you in Actually, you know what's crazy? I, did not have, I don't have a lot of stories like that. Okay, well, that's great. And it's because, okay. you know, when they know you love them, when right. they know that you care about them, uh, for you, they will put that aside. They will respect you because um, you give them respect. But it's all about respect. Right. And you right. have to really be intentional with setting that. What 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 made you as a young man? So so going back before you were an adult, what made you want to be an educator? My mom was a teacher. Yeah, my grandmother she was, was a fantastic was, teacher. My grandmother yeah. was an English teacher. Uh, Eddie Murphy was one of her students, so she always okay. always just tell me that story. Uh, so I always had that that in me, but I never that's knew a, what I wanted a, to do. That's a random plug. But um, you know, I I had that bug in me. Okay, and so I realized that I love to teach people. 
Okay. And you really did your mom push you to teach? No, she, she didn't. Okay. I've actually told me there was no money in it. There, there. That's you. The shot. That's how my mom was. Uh, um, I actually kind of fell into teaching. I wanted there's to be, money in consulting for education. There is money. It's, it's not necessarily. Out of money. I wanted to be a paramedic. This is a weird okay. story. I want to be a talk show host and a paramedic. Clearly, I did not accomplish one. Yeah, of them. I mean, I I used to be a roommate in high school. I don't <laughs> know if um if I'm if I'm getting t-boned on on i65. I don't I don't know if I want you. Being the compassionate person holding holding my hand, saying to hold on, yeah. uh, don't don't quit breathing. I don't. I have a different I kind think, of bedside. I think that God gave you uh, the the right calling. Uh, definitely. Tell us a little bit more about. I'm always fascinated with the children now. Decatur, Decatur is an interesting area because you have some rough parts around Decatur, but it's surrounded by some very nice neighborhoods mm-hmm. as well. So, what are what are some of the challenges? Indicator and that side of, of Atlanta, like what are some of the challenges with the young people? It's going to be the same pretty much anywhere. Right. Poverty is always a right. marker that really impacts. Is that exaggerated? People. Like movies like Lean on Me? Is it? You know, are, are you that's are you jumping on the desk screaming? We have a failure to communicate. Like no, is that, that's exaggerated. Okay. But you do see those those sad stories where mm. they're young people where they're just, the the parents aren't there. In some cases, or they're just not able to give them the mentoring that they need at home. Some parents wow. didn't make it past high school. Wow. And so we are all they have. And you have to treat it as such. Of course, you have some parents who do what they're supposed to and go above and beyond. But overall, we are all they have. And so if you want to work in a school, inner city, urban school system, you have to understand the call that you have put on your, that's been put on your life and the importance of what you do. You mold and shape these kids' lives. And if you don't do your job, when they leave high school, they're going to the to the wild west, right. unprepared. Right. What about um, test scores? I know the test scores are so pivotal and so important for funding and for perception of of the job that teachers have done. In some inner cities, I know, like in in, in West Baltimore, for example, you mentioned your time in Baltimore. Teachers are almost being rewarded if their kids are two grades behind. Um, so if you're in the seventh grade, you're reading at fifth grade level. That's actually a win. Uh, you have a lot of inner cities where people are three or four grades behind uh, reading level. What what are some of the the, the tactics, the the um, the rubrics, the things that that you're using to really build up those test scores? Is it something that you focus on all year? Is it something that you only focus on leading up to the test? Um, what what are some of the things? Because it seems like in our communities, in African American communities, there's a lot more of a struggle with test scores. You know, my Caucasian friends growing up. I learned that they all had LSAT coaches and they had MCAT coaches and they had GRE coaches. I didn't have no coach. It was just me and my mother in the living room with flashcards. Like that was my coach. But a lot of my Caucasian friends, they had, they were taking classes 15 hours a week, getting prepared to take the, 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 the PSAT, the SAT, the ACT, and then all of the, the grad school interest exams. What are some of the things, obviously you have people, if you're coming from poverty, you're not going to have those advantages. However, with the digital revolution, you can get some of those things on your phone. You can get more access to right. things than, than we had 25, 30 years ago when we were at that space. What are just some of the strategies that you're using as a leader to, to influence and stimulate better test scores? Well, there's two different things that we're measured by. Of course, there's the, the mastery component, which is like the initial sticker shock. Kids take the test, put the scores in the, in the paper. Why did your school not perform as high as another right. school? However, we, have what's, we close the achievement gaps which is our work, but the time we have them, we work. We look at progress. So if your kid comes to you, high school student, this happens all the time, reading on a third or fourth grade level, and you get that kid to a fourth or fifth grade level, you have made statistically significant gains in mm-hmm. that time period. 
we don't have the same glass ceiling that some other more affluent schools have where students mm -hmm. come in and they don't move very far. They stay at the same level where they were before, but because we're closing achievement gaps from our kids who have such big deficits and because we're able to show progress from the time that we work with them from our after school programs, our, our during school tutorials, we know most of the time, whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen from 815 to 315 because Many of our kids work. Mm. Many of the kids can't stay behind. They help watch their siblings at home. And so we've got to do whatever we're going to do from that time that we have them in the building. But if we can show growth and we can show progress, um, mm. we're oftentimes rewarded and helps to level that playing field. And the second thing you mentioned was about state test, about a national test. Because there is such a decreased emphasis on SAT, it's starting to become less prominent, less of a marker because of some of the different um, biases, gender biases, mm. racial biases. Uh, we're, our kids, the playing field is being leveled for them and they're looking at their actual progress and what they do while they're in the school versus the standardized right. tests that our kids don't normally perform very well and it doesn't really demonstrate what they can do. So that's a good thing that's happening and I hope it continues to happen as we go far in education. No, that's awesome. Uh, very, 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 um Good topics, and, and, and appreciate you walking us through that. What we're going to do is we're going to cut to a break. I've got, got my cousin, Dr. Joel Boyce, in the building with us. He's going to hang out with us a, a couple of days, and, and he's really putting on a clinic about education. We'll be back with more of Dr. Boyce after these messages, Lanshade Radio Network. There's a term, and we don't like to use it unless circumstances dictate, and I think they do dictate in this case, and the term is Grenada. Have you ever heard of Grenada? No, no, I haven't. Grenada is very interesting because it is a small island nation that was invaded by the United States of America in 1983. It's about 90,000 people. And essentially it means is this case is unlosable. I'm going to win. You, sir, are what's known as a Grenada. Hmm. You're looking at real prison time. Hmm. Money laundering can get you as much as 20 years. And our case couldn't be stronger if we caught you shoving cash in your mattress. Mm, all right. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.